0: Uh, anyway, okay. We're going to start then. All right. You got to come out with the. A... We do. The uh, Paglione's doing that job. Yeah.
1: Action. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. From the couch. Yeah, there it
0: is. Hey, guys. Jeremy, National Fire Radio, uh, not in the studio tonight at all.
1: Well, this is like
2: Studio 5 right now, right?
0: Mobile studio. Studio 5. Is that like a 1970s reference? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you two like, probably are... Uh, Groomed. <laughs> like room
2: 2. Heather and I and I are looking, and are looking at you guys. Like yeah,
0: you guys, <laughs> this is... You know what, I'm I'm thinking, so real quick, a quick introduction, uh, District Chief Rich Driscoll from the Hartford Fire Department's in the studio tonight, or in our makeshift studio tonight. Um, And we're going to get to your story in a minute, but I do, Heather, let's talk about their mustaches real quick.
3: We were just having this conversation off air, and I really can't picture Tucker without a mustache. I would love to see a picture. I asked him what color hair he had.
0: I, I just, I think the table's unbalanced here. Like we almost have to play like shuffle the chairs around one on either end. Yeah, <laughs> just to balance it out. Like, Why okay. there's nothing? You guys are our, our a hair's bunch making of,
2: up for what's on the other end. You this, guys
0: are a bunch of distinguished-looking gentlemen. So, Chief, thanks for joining us.
1: <laughs> thanks for having me.
0: This has been a uh, I, this has been several trips in the making to get you uh, down here, and uh, we spent the day together, and we had a fantastic day today uh, with our other friend uh, Matt on the couch over there. He's on the casting couch behind the camera right now. <laughs> But um, we just had a great day. Looking bro- sexy. <laughs> we had a great day of brotherhood today. Um, it was just awesome. And, and then uh, here we are. We're in kind of a makeshift studio tonight. Um, and that's because uh, we are moving to new location. But this ended up catching us in the middle of the move. Um, but we wanted to uh, get this on tonight. And you said this is National Podcast Day?
3: We are celebrating.
0: Well, look at us go. I mean, I'll, 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 have, a, I'll have a Here's, solo cup to that. There we go. Of course anyway let's get into it um chief you didn't come all the way down from hartford to uh you know toast the podcast day so i mean i kind of want to hop into it man um you know the the chapter you know chapter one of your story um you know you've you've had a um a long career in the fire service you've been there seen a lot have done a lot um you come from a a tough city um and so on so there's a there's a lot of a lot of storytelling and a lot of um a lot of check marks in your pedigree but i'd love to just start at chapter one and hear Kind of the story of how you got into it. um, What fueled your love for the fire service and how you got to where you are today, brother?
1: Oh, I'd say the comedic end of it a little bit is growing up uh, Saturday nights was emergency and hee-haw. So (laughs) Roy and Johnny were uh, were doing it out there all the time. And uh, it was amazing what two guys could pull off. Um, But no, on a a serious note, it's more of uh, something that I aspired to do as a kid. Um, Went through high school and... Was was uh, had the unfortunate experience of having a guidance counselor that said, "Ah, you don't really want to be a fireman." I said, "Yeah, yes, I do." And uh,
0: was this in the blood? I mean, were you uh, second, third, fourth uh, generation, I'm or is this- second generation? My okay.
1: father was a volunteer firefighter in the town uh, where I live in Simsbury, Connecticut. He was also uh, a town cop. Um, my brother joined the fire department in, in the junior program as well. And uh, I just, you know, from a young age of seeing my dad leave, uh, going on calls and riding along with him and that type of thing. Of course. Just kind of got the, the itch or the bug sure in yeah. me. Sure does. Right. And um, kind of stuck with it despite the fact of trying to be talked out of it. And uh, I think it made me want it even more, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but looking at that, the uh, volunteer department where it's the town where I still live uh, in Simsbury had a junior program. I started at the age of 16 as a junior firefighter and uh, kind of took off from there. It was a, a, a great experience. It's a great bunch of people. I met some people very early on that, I mean, they're honestly still a part of my life in a, in a big way and have uh, pushed me, motivated me, mentored me, all that to uh, to keep moving forward. And um, I left out of high school and worked, at, worked for the town uh, as a full-time in a full-time job and uh just started testing and testing and testing and testing some more and yeah was, i I, uh, I mean i
0: love from high school you knew straight ahead that you wanted to be a career firefighter oh yeah. i mean it yeah, was just no, it I, was you were so heavily entrenched into it that it was just uh, fueling you yep. to do that and when you tested how was it what, what was the time frame like uh test like 80 like was this? Are you talking eighties? Like late eighties? Nineties. Nineties. Not, not
1: that old. How, wow. uh, no. Um, I am. I <laughs> say I graduated high school in eighty seven, so I started okay. testing, uh, probably 89, 90, that okay. type of thing, and then. Um, How
0: was the process back then? Was uh, it as? Comp- I mean, as competitive restriction. I mean, I know where you come from in Hartford. They have pretty strict requirements as for yep. residency um, and things like that. So you have to. You have to do. What's required of you if you want that job? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a job to get the job.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, right. It's, uh, they don't make it easy. Um, but the the test that I took for Hartford uh, was one of the very few that they actually opened up to outside residents. Hmm. Um, but if you are a city resident, you were shown preference. Preference, and yeah. And all Did that. Did you get more
2: points or you just, yeah. Rem-
1: okay. Yeah. It wasn't a separate list or anything. It was it was a score issue. So I was a resident, right? And uh, played the game and all that. And many years later, it was one of the best best games I ever played. Still playing. Still playing for that. Absolutely. Um, But it was uh, it was great. I mean, I I, I'll tell you very plainly to the day that uh, I kind of still don't believe I worked there. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing to think that. It, it worked out, and it
0: and it's been twenty eight. No, uh, it, Give, give twenty six, tw- almost twenty six. Twenty six years. Twenty six. Yeah, twenty six years in the city of Hartford. Yep, and you still go to work every day, excited to go to work. Yeah, I love it. Nice. I mean, and I saw it firsthand. I had the um, the, the fortune to uh, hang out with Rich for an afternoon in Hartford, and uh, we toured a couple of different firehouses, had lunch together, introduced me to a lot of um, just incredible companies, and uh, I will tell you um what a squared away department and what a great amount of culture and uh brother and sisterhood that was shown that day I mean every firehouse we walked into the respect of of the uh the firefighters and the officers was just top shelf um really was so I can understand I can understand why you you still enjoy it from the from the first day to 26 years later that's fantastic. When you were, you know, I mean, just jumping in, right? I mean, so you knew you wanted to do this, and you tested in Hartford. Did you move to Hartford? Did you did yeah, oh you yeah. play the residence game and all oh, that, yeah. right? You had to. You, right. I can. How tell long you, do you
1: have to stay there before you can? Uh, there, at the time, it was you had to maintain your residency until you were uh, hired on full time. Okay. So I can And then there wasn't a probationary after that that you had to stay? Nope. Once you were a probationary member and all that, you were permitted to, to move can I mean, you I kind
3: could, of like paint a picture of what hartford was like when you were getting hired like was it a gritty place how big is it how many uh, companies
1: hartford a, is a is a neat city it's full of history uh if you look at like uh the colt building we still i mean is a a landmark that you'll see driving into the city on 91 you'll see the colt building with the, the big blue dome blue and uh, gold dome um, but very industrious in that sense uh you know home to mark twain and Uh, the Mark Twain house was in my first due district type of thing Um, that uh, you know in the when I got hired on I got hired on 94 and uh, the city was kind of an interesting state there's a lot of gang activity a lot of violence uh, that type of thing it's a small place it's only 16 square miles we cover it with 12 That's all uh, it is yeah 11 firehouses now it was 12 um, it used to be a few more than that, but it's uh, it's a small little city, but it's a busy little city. It's about thirty thousand runs a year for the fire department, both uh, EMS and fire. We don't do transport, but we do all the first responder duties to uh, to do things. Uh, I'll throw a plug out there: the busiest rescue in the country. <laughs> uh, gotta throw <laughs> that out there. Of course, of um, course, we, we talked about that earlier. But we have engine companies that uh, you know, engine one. I worked at engine one, ladder six. Uh, for a bit, and uh, before I get promoted to the district chief position, and, you know, uh, Engine 1's doing about 5,100 runs a year, and Ladder 6 is, I don't know what they are, 28, 2,900 runs Constantly a year. Constantly tired, wow. So yeah. Um, we have some really busy houses, and even the slower houses are busier than a lot of our neighboring cities. So it's Sure. It's a it's a pretty busy place. It's a tough city. It can be a very tough city. How many firefighters do you have there? Uh, our job right now, we're pretty close to full staff, is around 360 firefighters. So we run uh, 11 engine companies, five ladder companies, uh, the heavy rescue, uh, TAC-1, and uh, last November they implemented uh, a tour commander position. So there's a tour commander overseeing the shift and then two district chiefs that split the city in half. And my job is to cover the north half when I'm on shift. Outstanding. It's uh, pretty cool.
0: So take me back, right? Heather asked about how the city was when you first got there and so on, but take me back to your first day walking to the firehouse. I mean, talk about, oh, you know,
1: yeah, I let, mean- Let's ask the I, Rob question, yeah, what hey. was your first fire? Do you <laughs> remember that? Uh, first day, I can tell you walking in, I was nervous as all get out, but it was, uh, I worked a night tour at that point. We were three on three off days and nights, tens and 14s, however you want to describe it. And uh, I walked in for a night tour and uh, I walked in and I knew the off Lieutenant. He was an acquaintance of mine, and he graduated a kid, you know, type of thing, and he had 20-some years on the job at that point, and uh, introduced you to your lieutenant, blah, 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 you know, type of thing, and uh, walked over, and I met my first lieutenant, Benny Guzman. who uh, I'll talk about him more in a minute, but uh, I basically shook his hand, and he told me, uh, you know, take the pipe for tonight and all that, and all's good, and the bell hit. And we went out on, I can tell you, my first run was a water leak. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal, right? But I wasn't there 10 minutes. Right. I hadn't even You're figured I don't up. even think I checked my Scott, for that matter, uh, type of thing. But you know, we were out the door, and game was on. Uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, first fire was actually, uh, they had gone through a pretty good spree of fires. There was one other guy in the firehouse at that point was a class ahead of mine, so he had about four or five months seniority on me. And uh kind of similar paths, similar in age, the whole bit. We were rookies together and uh um it was funny because it took a bit and then all of a sudden they had first two fires like crazy at in this neighborhood and engine eight on Park Street. And uh when I came in it was like they shut the valve off, and we're not having any more fires. White cloud, huh? Yeah, I was the cloud. Well, thanks for coming, kid. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but shortly thereafter, we ended up uh, – my first fire was 10 Putnam Heights. It's a Hartford has these buildings. They call them a perfect six. They're a three-story brick. There's six apartments. Center hallway, center stairwell, skylights for ventilation, the whole nine yards. They're like our bread-and-butter job. Wooden back porches, the whole bit. So 10 Putnam Heights, fire on a, a – Top floor, right side, out the front windows. Uh, we stretched in, got upstairs. I, I can remember vividly making the corner to go into the apartment. The door was open. The smoke was probably two feet off the floor, and the television was on. I can't tell you what was on, but I can tell you the TV was on. <laughs> I love that. And then we pushed towards the front, knocked down a couple rooms of fire, and that was that. You know, right. was, you know late afternoon and, and all, but I, I can remember it today i mean the building's occupied today it was rehabbed and all that but and and at that and, Save. At, and at that
0: point right yeah. i mean you're running you're on the engine so you're running a uh, four-man engine yep. at the four time man engine company. and Still running four. Most, obviously you know most junior man there i mean when you when you think of the boss of that fire right i mean do you remember i mean there's such highs right the euphoria of that first <laughs> fire right i mean you're yeah. you had to be bursting at the seams and i can just you know i wonder you know the take of all right kid you're the new kid like yeah it's great you know like Let's go. We got more stuff to do? Yep. Yeah. That's
1: he uh, is Benny Guzman, he retired as a, uh, as a actually the same spot I'm in, in out of District 2. And uh, for those that had the privilege or an opportunity to work with him, would I think would back me up 110% is that he was a warrior, um, just a beast of a guy. He's a man of very few words, um, but his words were relevant. Right. And uh, he was built like a tank. I mean, he just, all right, you know, come on, kid, mm-hmm. we're going down to the take on the world. All right, let's go. I'll go with you. Yeah. I mean, you have no hesitation whatsoever. And uh, we were very blessed at that point too, is that the, our tour commander at that point, or the district one chief was, uh, his name was Lenny Wallace, who uh, uh, purely coincidentally passed away just a few weeks ago. Mm. And uh, his son is actually a captain on my shift, uh, Jason, but, uh chief wallace loved benny and there were we earned kind of earned a reputation uh through time i would say safe to say that we even if we were third due or fourth due we usually went to work ahead of others yep uh because chief wallace loved benny and knew of his ability and and all that and uh i learned very fast of hard work pays off and and you know we're, we're going to get it i love that so we were a single engine house and uh very independent and shortly thereafter getting there in the the mid to late 90s that neighborhood it's a very um diverse ethnic background neighborhood predominantly spanish background but they had an arsonist that was in that neighborhood and we would catch if you worked three nights and didn't catch a fire or two something was he was he was locked up uh, yeah but but there were I mean there were and there were plenty of nights where you caught a couple of fires yeah Um, it was it was unbelievable the experience that I got in a really short period of time was
0: crazy and this was your first couple years in oh yeah yeah Yeah. I mean so uh, you so you're learning that job quick
1: yeah, you didn't have a choice, right?
0: Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm saying. I and mean, this was you know,
1: cool because we were, I mean, we were probably one of the last departments in Connecticut, let alone New England, to uh, move on to bunker pants and stuff. So we were, you know, three quarter boots and a long black jacket and <laughs> your leather helmet and Let's go to work, kid. You know, and
0: you're, you're and you're working with you know, uh, you know what benny guzman is got 20 something years in probably um, when you you know yeah, 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 yeah. more he of a senior guy right Definitely so senior. you know he he's coming from the the generation or two prior that you know is is not uh taking uh every self precaution that we oh, no. find Smoky, today no. right yeah. i mean i don't know how to i don't know how to put it gently right but yep. but you know so for you as an impressionable backstep guy I mean, this is you're looking at this guy like, holy hell! Like, I, I want to be like
1: this. Oh yeah, he's yeah. a superhero. I mean, he's you know, yeah type of type of guy. I mean, I don't know if he'll end up seeing this or not. But he, uh, <laughs> I mean, I thought the world of it. He made a great impression on me, and you know, there's there's different things that he instilled in me that you know, if you need to say something on the radio, think about what you're gonna say, say it to yourself, yeah. and if you even gotta cheat, your mask so that it's heard. At least you say it. You say it clearly. You say it once. And you move on, right, right? And
0: you say, "Cheat your mask now," and you get hung, Ugh, right? And and I that's, mean, but that's that's oh, the yeah. thing, right? This is kind of where I'm going with this yep. is that there is such, different. <laughs> oh my God, I mean, it's it's so very different, and yep. and I wonder today because I'm not in that position, but I wonder today how many new kids in the firehouse with a career volunteer truly have these guys that they look up to and be like, "Man, that guy is just God. He's Superman." Yeah. I mean, look at this. Look at Benny Guzman, yep. right? Like, yep. how many Benny Guzmans are there today? Yep that are leading the next generation. I, I'd, I'd love to know that answer because I don't think it's many. Well, so I, mean,
3: I still feel like there's always going to be somebody that's a role model to you and it's just a matter of finding those people, but it's almost different. Like some people you might not be like, they're Superman because now we're taught about all these carcinogens and everything. Yeah. And now it's like, wow, that guy's really smart. Or like that person has great strategy. That person yep. is a great leader. And like, I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me what hallway to crawl down sort of thing.
0: I, I get that, I get that completely, but I also know that there still has to be that level of um, cojones, right? The just yeah, go, the, the yeah. brave- Definitely, I'm Right, and so like to me, I'm a lot of times, and, and you know, maybe it's a fault of mine, but I'm more brawn than brain. And <laughs> in, in some ways, right. And, you know, and, and so, you know, whether that's right or wrong, you know, it's i uh, I'm a firm believer you get in and you get that job done and you get that job done at whatever, you know, it takes to get that job done.
1: Well, take that, That's building a crew though. I mean, if you, yeah. you look at it as a, uh, you know, the position you're in, whether you're, you know, the junior guy, the senior guy, the boss, whatever. I mean, that, that's, that's what builds a crew. If you take, you take the time to find those strengths and weaknesses and then, you know, I know you're good at something, and I know you're not as good as she is. Definitely and, and, not. But I'm going to use you because you're good at something that she's not. And all of, that, all of a sudden, you just kind of, right. you work together. You don't work of, you know, we'll always follow her to do something, and I'll always follow you to do the other. We're all in this together, and we got each other's backs, and we're going to charge forward. But today, you might be the point, man. Tomorrow it might be you. I mean, that, I, I'm okay with that. Again, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the group. I'm not right. I, I'm, I'm not. I trust me, I, I, I get it. I, re, I, I respect the ability. Um, I'm, I'm more of I'll lean on somebody's uh, ability of what they showed me as opposed to what they tell me. Okay, that's great. You told me now show me, right? I'd rather see it than hear about it. Yep. Um, and I try hard to do that myself. Do I do it every time? No, Probably not. But I try really hard to do it that way. Uh, and that's because of again, some of the people you like him. I mean, it's uh, there's a few others. I mean, it, that that that's just the way it's been that through through your career, through my career. That, yeah. You know, I've kind of I don't know if I've kind of gravitated to those types of people or whatever, but you know, to be able to be with him as my first officer, I I mean, I think that was a great kick in the pants. It for set my you up. Yeah. Exactly. Set me up for kind of. For but success.
2: you still, you still.
0: It doesn't matter how well the tutelage is and the mentor is. You still have to wanna. Right. And exactly. so, right. Exactly. And, and I think that like, you know, self accountability, right. Self pride, self care, all that. Right. And, and self reflection to make yourself better. Those are all things that, you know, are separate conversations in and of themselves. So that single engine house where you were, where you got your start. Right. And then from there, I have to think being in a busy company, you were like, man, I gotta, I gotta stay this path. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. My next move out of, uh, I was at engine eight for, uh, little over five years and I promoted to be a driver and my first uh which is a promotion in in Hartford so okay I was actually my my driver spot was I drove uh district two which is ironically where I work today okay uh so I was a chief's aide I did that for about seven years and I had the the way that the system worked was district one by contract and rules and regs and all that was always had to be a chief running the shift but district two could be or with an actor with a captain acting up uh there was a chief assigned there but if he was on vacation or whatever um they would they would fill in with captain. so i had the privilege of working and uh I, mean, I had some pretty good uh events uh, with some of these new <laughs> captains coming in that were like oh my god what am i getting into right uh another one that is a he's a good friend on top of the fact that was definitely a big influence on who i did um was frank costello frank retired off our job and then uh ended up coming back and was an acting assistant chief for a while and we uh so frank frank came and uh in the morning and said you know what do we do here you know how's this work you know type of thing and uh i said i just hang on for the ride we gotta you know so needless to say the phone rang and there was a guy that was detailed out of our house ironically to Engine Eight for the day and uh had forgotten a, an article of uh, clothing or his mask or something, so was, ah, whatever, we'll run it down to you, no problem. So we drove down from engine two, uh, quarters down to engine eight and dropped off the mask to Terry. And then we proceeded back to go back to the firehouse, have breakfast, get the day going type of thing. And uh, we were, we could see the firehouse. We were that close to getting back to engine two and the bell hit for, for a run for Lawrence Street and they said, for a building fire. I said, well, wait a minute. I drove on Lawrence Street to get to Engine 8. Right. We were just yeah, there. Yeah, right. Literally seven, eight minutes ago. And uh, I turned around at the, uh, right. they call it the tunnel, the main and Main in uh, Albany there. I turned around the middle intersection. We looked south, and there's a column of smoke. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, you know, type of. You must had a good conversation yeah, with him yeah. on the so, way through, right? We, you know, we. Feet, feet, and got back down there, and we get there, and there's a top two floors of a vacant three brick and uh, two exposures smoking and all that. Needless to say, by, uh, I think it was, I don't know the official, I'll, I'll put it out there, probably about 8.07, which is seven minutes into our shift, the third alarm was struck, because <laughs> we had yep. a bunch of buildings going, and uh, as, you know, I told Frank, I said, it's like this every day in the car, this is just how we roll here, you just don't hear about it, so that's fantastic um, i love that right? that was five
0: year five year guy right yeah, he's you just know, like and, sit back cap i'll tell you how uh, it's done yeah, of-
1: yeah that's how we do it um but again i mean he became uh and, and is a great friend and and uh to me and and all that but I had some funny experiences with him and yeah all that um
0: can you talk about a little bit about the the aid position it's it varies everywhere across the country right yep, so yep. for doing seven years in the aids position um, that really puts you in a unique spot on the fire ground.
1: It's a great spot in the sense that if you have any aspiration to move on, right. you get a, a very good um, idea of what the management aspect of things goes on or the supervisory aspect of the job. Uh, you're privileged to everything, and you're responsible for next to nothing, <laughs> in a sense, right? <laughs> So, I, I mean, I was blessed. A couple of chiefs I had, Ray Casey or uh, Richie per, um Chief Huertas, uh, you know, a bunch of guys. Sure. That they are all, they are like, you know, remember as your aide, you have all of my authority and none of the responsibility. So if you see something that needs to be, get, get done, let's get it done. Um, but it was good because it was, you're looking at the strategy and tactics that are going down. You're looking at the, uh, the conversations that are had after the fact that not everybody's <laughs> privileged to. Right. You're, uh, you know, you're the gossip pipeline. You're, uh, you know, where the overtime's at. You know, you know, you know you get involved in a lot of things that not everybody sees. And it was pretty cool in a sense that, I mean, one is that we went to all the fires, which I thought was great. And then, again, having that kind of inside vision of what's going on, you learn a lot. And, and I took, Advantage of it by far. I mean, I. Why'd you do that, or why you know that type of sure. thing that you were privileged to? But, it, it was pretty wild. Um, did some, did some neat stuff. And as I said, I mean, I, I had uh, the last chief I drove Ray Casey. He retired as a district chief and all that. And you know, he came on the job in 1971. I was born in '69. Awesome. So I would jokingly yeah. call him Dad. You know, where you want to go today, Dad? Yeah. You know, type of thing. Yeah. But, but we would go and take care of business, and had a good time doing it. And, and the car uh, rides,
0: right? And the, the yeah, yeah, oh yeah, just the conversation yeah. yep. and the chit chat. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know. And he he was he was a fireman. I mean, there's a picture on him of him at uh, at Engine 14. That he just always had a great grin on his face and loved the job. And yeah, you know, like me, you know, if you could be the pipe man at every fire, it would be the best. You know, right. I mean, that would be the ultimate thing to me is to be the ultimate you know yeah. ah, I'm just the pipe man excuse me yep you know type of thing um, but he was uh, he was a great influence on me and uh, very truthfully he was at a point in his career where I think there was he had a day and I think I was telling you this earlier he had a day where he realized that if he ended up retiring that the the, the fallout from him retiring would actually move me into a lieutenant spot And he said all right drive me down to see the man and, Wow. Uh, know, stepped aside. So yeah, um, he was he was like I guess that he's a special place in uh, with me. He's he sure. was a great man, treated me like a king. Sure. And the other one that that I, I making me think of it too. Uh, one of the chiefs, uh, his name was Richie Pear, and every I won't say he was hated, but he was he was a very difficult old school captain, and he was tough. He was real tough, and he was tough as a fireman. He was tough in the firehouse. He was just plain tough. tough.
4: <laughs> bunch of got, grit.
1: Yeah. And he got promoted into the into the chief's position, and everybody's like, oh, you're driving him. I'm like, oh, see how it goes. You know, I, whatever. Not like I can run away. I mean, I'm... Yeah, know. right. So lo and behold, we share the same first name. Our wives share the same first name. Our birthday is days apart. And a bunch of other weird coincidence things, and he and I just clicked. And he was another one that... You know, he had a lot of influence on how I do things and and all that. And the the coolest thing with him was when he retired. uh, It was probably a year, year and a half later that I was coming up and got promoted to my lieutenant's uh, position. And uh, I got a letter in the mail. And he was always, if he didn't type it on an old school typewriter, he printed and he printed very neatly, very legibly. I got this big envelope in the mail one day. The heck is this? And then I'm like, hmm, kind of recognize the, the handwriting. Like, sure, not making any sense. I opened the envelope, <laughs> and uh, there were two things in there. There was one just a regular letter. I pulled that out, and there was another Manila envelope inside. And I pulled the letter out, and I realized it's from him. And you know, hey, I heard you got promoted. Fantastic! I knew you could do it. I'm proud of you. I know you were studying, and you know, hard work pays off. All the all the great things that go along with that. And uh, enclosed, you'll find another envelope. Please open the other envelope and read the note that's with it. And the note that was associated with that was uh, he put in a small plastic case with a nice little piece of foam rubber in there, and it had two sets of lieutenant's bars and two sets of captain's bars. And he said, I don't have any family following me in the fire service, but I thought the world of you and your efforts wow, and all that. nice. And I'd be honored if you'd wear my lieutenant's bars, and I'm going to give you the captain's bars as a little motivation. Wow. Wow. So, so Wow. What a... I wore, uh, and I still have them, I wore collar brass that probably was the same age as me from the time that he was an officer and all that. What an incredible awesome. uh, incredible yeah. experience. So you know, our chief at one point commented that, you know, geez, your brass is a little less... Oh, <laughs> <is, laughs> yeah. <laughs> this That's is the real great. deal. Yeah. Let me tell you a story, chief. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. And I, I mean, I, that... That was that hit me hard that was, that I was heavy. i bet um i just i, I cool. love it i mean
0: we always talk about on this platform we always talk about the influences and the senior men and and you know and in your case you know as you came up each step in your career there was somebody there yep to give you another little reinforcement boost and a, maybe a little bit of what they know and and their know-how so what what a cool you know listing of events that led up to where you are today yeah oh yeah and so from that well after that
2: that you went into the ladder company right after uh, no i
1: promoted uh i was an engine lieutenant i worked at engine 11 in the west end and uh, i went after that um i was paired up with uh the shift i was on i was with the ladder captain it's uh, engine 11 is a two well a three-piece house now but uh two-piece house at the time engine and truck and i worked there and then um, a couple other guys i'd mentioned uh, mike judah who was my one of my uh, was my shift commander and then al russo who was the captain on the truck and both mentors and great friends uh on top of it but they they were good in the sense that they knew i was studying in time and all that and you know, the cap would always say you know what are you what are you doing i said i'm you know getting the paperwork squared away He goes, good go study i got the paperwork that type of thing so he was always you know pushing me to do a little better and and all that and then um i know uh mike judah from a bunch of different angles but the 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 angle there it was the best it was like he would call up on the phone you know answer eh, Levins, what's up uh, chief say hey, well how do you need uh well, according to directive such and such, this is supposed to happen, and all that. Well, what's the expected outcome? Call me back with a thing, and he'd hang up on you. And you'd be like, <laughs> I think he's quizzing me. Yeah, right. You know? What? But sure enough, it's great. He was quizzing me. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, tested and moved on to be a captain. So I was a captain, and they I jumped, I changed shift, stayed right there on the engine, I was there for a while, and I went. Uh, I was captain at training for. Uh, year and a half or whatever with uh training recruits and a bunch of other stuff and then left training went on to be uh captain at ladder six which was uh something i never would have figured i would enjoy as much as i did it was uh um yeah it was amazing
0: was that that was the that was the truck company that you and i went to right and you were that was before you were made district yes So, and I remember you when we were in the, in the bay and we were talking with some of your um, younger, I don't know if they were probies or, you know, one, two year guys in or whatever, but um, they were, they were awesome. And the the mutual back and forth between um, Rich and his guys was just uh, incredible to watch. And I remember Rich telling me, he's like, I've always been an engine guy. Yep. I've always been an engine guy. I never thought I'd enjoy the truck. Yep. He goes, I am, I'm now in the truck. It's like, I really like the truck. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the truck. <laughs> the truck was But well, awesome. You didn't spend a lot of time there, right? Uh, a little over
1: a year. Yeah. yeah then I promoted it. What,
0: what did you like about, I mean, let me ask. I mean, you, you went through your career as, as a strict mainly an engine guy who went from first five years in a busy engine company going to multiple fires a night to, uh, to the Chiefs aide and then uh, to an engine then to a truck. So you spent most of your career in the engine. Yep. What, give me, give me something there. Like what, <laughs> I mean, I'm curious because everybody loves, everybody knows that one of the best positions, maybe the guy on the couch over there is going to argue, yeah. but one of the best positions is being that pipe man, right? I agree. Being on the line, I right? Agree. And uh, And so, you know, in the truck point of view, though, give me some, you know, especially in you know, a... What's the spot? Yeah.
1: I, I, I would think with just with the engine work and, and I mean, I'm going to... Each all day there's there's always room for improvement no matter what you do there's always room for improvement Like i can you can always better yourself and you should aspire to be better than the last time you went and all that and i think i don't know if i was i won't say i was complacent but i was i was very comfortable working where i was i worked right. in the same district right. for you know 10 11 years that type of thing i was very comfortable uh i had some Outstanding crews. I had a great driver. Uh, the guys in the back. I mean, we laughed. We worked hard. We, you know, we just got it done. Um, but then to go to the truck and all of a sudden you kind of I'm out of my comfort zone. You're were,
2: you were with your solid crew before, and then you're in with new people. Yeah, uh, and yep. You don't
1: even know the game. Right. So now it's yeah. It's, it's a holy cow. What am I? What did I get myself into? Uh, At what to some degree. What.
3: Like, do you think the learning curve was different because you're not the probie anymore like it's not like it's your first day on a fire ground do you think that played any impact on how you started doing truck work uh
1: it, yeah it was an impact i don't think it was huge i mean i try to stay well read or you know, yeah. watching all the right. stuff you bring out or uh traveling around from different places in class to class or whatever but yeah there's definitely a learning curve uh very fortunate to have put him up against anybody a really really solid driver PJ uh sullivan i mean hands down one of the best that we've got on a job in there just excellent and uh we clicked i think i think he'd say the same thing and just it was that was very rewarding and pretty damn awesome in itself yeah um i had another guy that was actually um joe Galewski's son of uh his dad and i worked together and you know, then he was, he was there when I went in. And then uh, the two other guys that I had assigned were both uh, relatively, uh, pretty much rookies, but I had seen both of them in drill school. So I knew what they were about and all. And, you know, train hard and understand the rig and that the, it's a different mindset to some degree. You're working a little more independent. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Uh, there's no line to drag with you, there's that type of thing. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was a great experience. I think I understand that aspect of the job a lot better than I did. I think I thought I had a pretty good grip on things, but then I walked in the shoes and learned a little more. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Be better now, yeah. right? And that's what I was going to ask. And,
0: what did you? I mean, you you had to learn from your men, right? They the helped yeah. you. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and and so you know, you bring you bring your skill set from the engine, right. and, and the and the independent chiefs aid position where you got to run around the fire ground and see the different disciplines, right. And putting it all together. But ultimately, you know, when you got to that truck, you walked in, you're the new guy. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely, uh, you know, some conversations and, uh, all right guys, show me, what, show me what we do. Right. Yeah. And it Educate wasn't,
1: me. it wasn't even so much, it wasn't awkward. It was just that it was, and that firehouse in itself is, uh, I look at it. I mean, it, I looked at it as a privilege to work there. Right. And through my years before of either working there overtime or being detailed or whatever, uh, the guys at ones and ladder six, you always brought your A game because they expected your A game. And Did you pick that, that awesome. company? Nope. Nope. I was. Uh, I was <laughs> actually uh, trying to get to a different spot, and uh, <laughs> that didn't work out. Okay. Whatever. Didn't work out. Uh, and how does that work in your fire company? Do you bid for those slots? Yeah, no, we're appointed to a position, and the chief can transfer us at his discretion. Okay. And uh, one of the one of the assistant chiefs uh, said, "No, you you'd be good there." I'm like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> you know? uh, okay. He what? wanted to make you well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. how did he you was grooming you for the big job? Um, yeah. Looking back, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, coincidentally and uh and all i know i mean there was a little bit of uh a lot a lot of tradition there because his son is still assigned there and his son is the fourth generation in that firehouse wow that's great so he goes i know know you look out i know you'll look out for my kid right you know i I said well your kid doesn't need looking out he's on he's Mm -hmm. on his game he's a good kid but he uh but I, you know, he said you're gonna you're gonna do well there. You'll like it there and all that. And uh, you know, the reality of it was is, I mean, I think I did okay and I I, and I liked I'm it. Sure, and uh, and not only
0: that, but I I just love like every step of your career. There was somebody, you know, you you put in all that hard work to to get that respect of your uh, elders, the senior men, the officers, and so on. And so that helps your career and helps mold and shape you. And so that you might not have wanted your bid to go to that truck company, but the, the chief saw, thought so highly of you eh. and so on. So, I mean, I, it's another feather in your cap. I mean, as, as we go along the the story, no, ch- listen, you are, you are one of the me. most humble guys and I know that I that's know that me. trust me, I know that's not you at all, but I think there has to be some type of recognition of the fact that when you do the right thing and you love the job, good things happen.
1: I will agree with that
0: hands down.
3: And it sounds like not only are you good at your job, but you're also making friends with these people. Like you said, that old school captain, everybody was saying that he's a big grouch. And then you befriended him, like you made him one of your close buddies. And I think that speaks testaments to your character as well.
1: Well, I I think the other is, is you, you have to make an effort, I think is a big part of it. I mean, I look back in the early 90s. And I would think you'd find it in any firehouse in America that there was a certain Things were accepted that aren't accepted anymore sure. today. Oh, yeah. Sure. And I had game. some of those influences and, you know, good or bad, whatever. I saw some of the stuff that happened. And I think from what I've learned, if you invest in a little bit of time in those people, they'll invest the time back in you. No doubt. And I think you need to do that. It's, so, uh,
0: so bring that forward then. I mean, you and your 26 years have obviously influenced a lot of people along your way.
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, again, and
0: I, I no, I know that, but but my my point get, is this, right? I right? like the cut, like, but it's you're uh, gonna no, but it's not
1: but, who I am. I, I know
0: that, it. and and it's not <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to point out though is that you know along the way, again, when you do the right thing, good things happen, and and so you're influencing like like you were influenced, you're you've been influencing others, and you might not know it, or or you might know it, and you don't want to speak to it, but that happens. It's the trickle down and, and there needs to be more of that, Agreed. right? We yeah. started off that conversation 20 minutes ago, talking about that right. and the importance of that. So, you know, through a colorful career where you've worked in a lot of busier companies and you are now, I know we just spoke about it earlier today, but you're the, in the seniority of the, of a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in the seniority of your department, you're in the top, what, 10 guys, five guys.
1: Yeah. We, and, uh, with, with uh, a lot of change that went on right. years back, uh, a little over three years ago, I jumped from like mid '80s in seniority to number six. Right. Wow. In in, in a in
0: 360 a, man department. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of mind-boggling. It sure is uh, to some degree, and it, and I mean that you know the funny realization of like, holy crap, I'm getting old, but it's <laughs> you know I mean whatever it is what it is, but it's. Uh, but holy crap i'm getting old and i you know i'm i'm one of those guys that it's only a number chief you just kind of joked about years ago oh yeah I was, you know crusty old so-and-so i wonder if he's ever gonna pull the plug or whatever <laughs> and i'm sure they're saying that about me now but it's uh it's just funny to have that realization that you're that you're getting older and 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 all but yeah but uh, but you're, but you're still funny skipping in the into
0: the firehouse every morning
1: Oh yeah, Hell and oh, you're yeah. still making a pot of oh, coffee yeah. in the morning, oh, and yeah. you're
0: you're still up for the banter and the fun. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 I think that you know if if that's still a part of who you are, then you got a long time to go. Uh, do you say say run right, out you know, of a house?
1: I'm telling you.
2: Uh, do you run out of a specific house or is yeah. there? Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, we're we're
1: stationed with uh, engine two, ladder three, and then uh, district two. Okay. So it's a it's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool setup. They used to call it the big house, but now with some changes that that have gone on the the rescue or tac 1 moved over to uh the west end they run with engine 11 ladder 5 tac 1 so they are a bigger house i guess you could call them cuz there's 12 guys there we only have 10 but it's uh yeah it's oh i thought good. it's
2: just because of the guys with the capes are over yeah, there
1: yeah, yeah no they're uh <laughs> a couple of those guys retired but they uh <laughs> 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 one in particular but uh he, oh, boy. He's, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Not going to go there? I'll get off on a tangent. He's a funny guy. <laughs> Eric Robinson was at the TAC on uh, my group years ago and was just a very funny, uh, very colorful guy and, and all that. He, he was always, you know, so we deployed our capes and we <laughs> ascended to the...
0: It's perfect. And my, it's fitting. My, yeah, my it comment
1: is. to him one day at one of our tailboards as he, he was acting in charge of the company one day, and, you know, that was his tailboard thing that he deployed his cape and we ascended to the second floor and blah 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 and it came around the horn to me and I said, Oh yeah. We dragged our line off the rig, stretched out nice. Guys did a brilliant job. Stepped on the tax uh, capes on the way up the stairs <laughs> <Yep>. put <laughs> yep. the fire out. Absolutely. And he looked at me and gave me a big smile and nod and uh, nice. it was a good, you know, mutual, as you said, banter and I love uh, respect and yeah. and all that. It was uh I, I think the world of those guys, uh, we have some really, really, really talented guys that, that ride in that company, but uh, there's definitely a bunch of... Uh, of course. <laughs> ...banter and head-butting <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and all that listen but i I
0: think it's so good we need that we need to have the job
3: fun oh yeah yeah Yeah. you need
1: the rivalry
0: gotta have it and you gotta have the ability to have those conversations and to be able to take it too and that's you know that's so important you know we were talking about influence before um obviously um you know you have a beautiful family as well uh two sons and a daughter correct Yep. yep and uh and your one son is on the job with you
1: Yep, my oldest son Patrick is uh, three years on the job. He works at Ladder Five, which is one of the houses I worked in. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, I, it's honestly, I can say, and uh, I mean, I'll get choked up talking about it. But it sure. one, one of my proudest moments, of I can truly say, uh, was pinning his badge. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was wild. That is absolutely wild.
0: And what an influence! I mean, you know, he uh, he watched you. He uh, watched
1: you do it. Amazing. I mean, I can and say, then I'll get oh yeah stupid did um
0: did he did he know f- like you did in high school middle school like I'm going to be a firefighter like my yeah. father like I'm I'm going to the city of Hartford I'm going to be a firefighter yep
1: that's fantastic like that. he's uh patrick's uh as a, I mean, all my kids are you awesome. glow every time you he's talk a, i will tell you if, something else if, of, of, of
0: the the time that i've known um, rich he he glows about his family his wife and his yep. kids and and that's everything to him uh, and and then the job and and uh you speak so highly of all your kids and it's just so cool to watch and uh and so i know when you when you talk about patrick and, and i met him we yep. met him when uh when we were up to that day he was working and I uh, had the you know the honor to meet him and just chat with him for a few minutes, but super cool kid, like yeah. totally into it. Loves his dad, like hockey family, yeah, like yeah. value, you know, great American values. You just have the 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 just a great family based on your values and and how you raise them. And to see your son now in a busy company and yeah. seeing him on the fireground has to be just a super proud achievement moment for you every time you see him.
1: It's it's uh wild i mean yeah. my my younger son is right. uh testing and yep all that and uh my daughter's going to school to be a teacher and follow my wife's path so which is fantastic pretty cool yeah uh couldn't be prouder but uh the one kind of funny thing is i mean my yeah. wife worries you know go of to course. work be careful you know driving to new jersey be careful <laughs> know, <but she laughs> Worries about me. and i yeah and i love her for that you know rightfully right. so driving yeah. down here yeah, just absolutely. throwing so, it out there we ended up in, uh, oh, pardon the pun, but the perfect storm happened a while back, and one of the things that we do is we hire on, we'll end up if we have like a winter storm warning where we expect a big snow or blizzard or whatever type of thing, we actually backfill and hire extra companies. So I was working an overtime shift, and uh, they called me in the morning. I got the, I guess I got the trifecta this day, and uh, I started out working at, I think I was on engine one in the morning and they called me and they said we've had a manpower change somebody went home whatever we're hiring a guy back we're gonna bump you over have you ride the truck ride ladder six and uh we're gonna have a guy backfilling engine one like all right great whatever chief whatever you need they hire back on they hire extra companies for bad weather it's a contract thing whatever so I started the day at engine one in the morning working overtime And uh, they called, said, hey, we're going to, you know, we've we've had a manpower change. We're going to slide you over to the truck, hire this overtime guy. He's going to work on the engine with you whatever. All right, great. So then he calls me midday and says, "Uh, well, with all that that went down, we're actually putting on extra companies for the bad weather. And we're looking at the roster here. You're the only one that we can slide into uh, an extra district car as a captain. All right, great, wherever you need me, whatever. I don't care, Whatever. No, we're going to probably put you in – got to go. Okay, great, whatever. So a little, time, a little while, a little time goes by. phone rings again. Hey, uh, like I said, we're going to put you in, run District 3, blah, blah, blah. Storm coverage, we're going to run on Pearl Street. All right, great, no problem, Chief. Just let me know what you need. All right, I'm not sure on the time, but I'll get back to you. Okay, great. So he calls me back. Uh, phone rings again. Yeah, phone <laughs> rings again. He says it looks like it's going to be as of, uh, you know – 5 p.m. something like that. So at 5 p.m. you should have relief. You can, you know, leave the truck and don't leave until you're relieved. Keep the truck in service, but once you're relieved, come down to Pearl Street. The car will be there. We got it squared away for you and all that. I'm just looking for a driver for you. All right, great. Thanks, chief. I'll see you at 5 o'clock. So now we get a little closer to 5 o'clock. Phone rings again. I'm like, oh my god. You know, I'm coming. You know, I, I got it. I got the assignment. Right, right, right. We're all good here. He right. says, hey. Uh, I've narrowed it down with the call guys that are were calling back. I've narrowed it down to a couple. I'm still looking for a driver for you, but uh I, I, th- I think I hit the jackpot here. I gotta ask you a question. I said, well, What's the question? He goes, Do you mind having your son drive? That's <laughs> fantastic. That's <great>. I'm like, <laughs> that is awesome. Absolutely not. <laughs> 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 I love it. So uh needless to say, you know, that that's pretty cool. So uh, we didn't I didn't say anything to my wife. I just whatever, I'm going, I'm working overtime. I didn't I had, Right. she wasn't she was busy, whatever. I didn't talk to her. So then as time goes on, my son obviously meets me down there. He's like, "This is awesome. This, <laughs> is, so cool. this that is, is cool." So, cool. Yeah. so we take a, you know, we take a picture of, in the car, the two of us driving, and she's like, "Oh my god! You know, not only do I have to worry about one of you, I got to worry about both of you. Right. And both of you are together." Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh! In a blizzard. Yep. Um, but the icing on the cake was uh, probably about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, they end up shipping a box for a fire on Babcock Street. Oh, that's and we get great. there. There's fire coming out the top floor. It's to three yeah, brick yeah. and uh, yeah. So we ended up catching a working fire together and and all that. I mean, we didn't pull lines and all that, but we ran the fire together and all that. And he, one of the things that he has that was really kind of cool and special to me is one of his, uh, he uh, took the NFERS number and it's integrated into one of the tattoos on his forearm of the fire that we caught together. So that's that's cool. Chief. um, That was pretty wild. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things work out like, uh, like we hope they will for, uh, for my younger son and, I'm sure I'll build some good memories. You've, you've laid itself. a solid
0: foundation, uh, and uh, I'm sure all of your kids are gonna, um, you know, they they do you proud every day. So, yep. Yep. you know, it's a it's a win, man. It's a win. So that's fantastic. I love that. What a what a cool story. What <laughs> yeah. a cool story. That is. I mean, how many people can say that? You yeah. know, I mean, uh,
1: it's, it's pretty unique. It's uh, we have. I mean, there, we have fathers. There's, I think, a couple other combinations of fathers and sons on the job, and like we figured out one at one point that there's uh. uh they're, they're both David, David Matos, Dave Matos. Uh, one's a captain, and one is uh, just a firefighter. But I caught a fire with the younger Matos, and my son caught a fire with the older, older Matos. Matos. That's, that's funny. That's good. And, that's they're, cool. and we're all friends. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. kind of one of those.
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So how is it being a chief? I mean, you went from, uh, you know, lieutenant to your captain— captain of the truck and then uh, you got the nod right it just worked out um you know that you got the nod to uh, to move as in promote into yeah. district chief position what's it like going from that line being that front seat you know whether in the truck or the engine and being that you know that company officer now to a more managerial firematic manager if you will because i know you are district chiefs in hartford are working positions they're not just a command position on the exterior they do go interior Right, at times. From time to time. Right. It's,
1: uh, the setup is pretty working out, from my view anyway, working out well. The tour commander, uh, I think he usually kind of shows up at fires, but doesn't necessarily you know, engage, or isn't dispatched there, so to speak. Um, so we'll do, if you're the first due chief, it's your fire, and you know, you're know you running the command uh, aspect of things and all, and then the second due chief becomes a safety chief. So we put that safety chief on the fire ground a lot sooner and and it's just a better better play uh if it goes elevates an alarm then the tour commander is dispatched and typically the tour commander may take over the incident command right position and then deploy uh you know keep the safety chief or we'll get a call back from training uh staff that'll fill that role and then you you be a division boss or sector boss or yeah put back in service to run the rest of the city but it's uh it it, it, it's different it's it's not bad by any means it's uh (laughs) it's 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 pretty cool it's uh it's interesting in a sense to come considering i drove yeah the chief for as long as i did sure now i'm sitting in the other side of the car and riding um do you have control issues that you want to drive? Is
0: is there ever? Yeah, no. Is there ever? I no. mean, I. am you know, Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. I Our, mean, uh, some guys just need to, do how to can have you that, drink your coffee. I and understand. Drive, you know, I you get gotta that completely.
2: Eat the sandwich. I get that completely. I just was always curious about
0: that. It's,
1: it's, like, what it's weird because I uh, I filled in. I acted up in the tour commander. I can I can fill that role. Right. Uh, it was a whatever due to vacation or whatever. I filled that spot. And I uh, actually worked a 48 in that position and drove myself. And I realized driving lights and sirens to the city, I'm like, wow, I haven't <laughs> driven myself in It's it been like yeah. 13, right. 14 years. Right, there. right, right. Like, oh, wow, right. this is crazy. Yeah, like, right. That's you know, cool. <laughs> thing. but it was, uh, it was kind of weird, to be honest with you. But, uh, no, I, I mean, whatever. I'm kinda, no, I get it. I you kind of get used it to was, riding. But It's kind it's, of a silly question. I was just, you know. Uh, it's, it's a good one. It's Bye. a good one. It's uh, it's it's definitely different. Um, but on the other end of it, it's it's. Uh, you know, I'm 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 very. I think I'm very fortunate that the the other chief, the South End chief. Uh, I think we we mesh very well. Yeah. Um, Al uh, Kakuda, and then our tour commander Adam Gert and Adams. Uh, Adam's a really smart guy, and I I really like working for him. He. Uh, Definitely pushes me beyond my comfort zone sometimes, which which is good because yeah. I'm learning. It's nice to be challenged, and it's nice to be challenged, yeah. and it's uh, it, it, it it's a good mix. I, I enjoy it. We've, yeah. We've, it it, we've sounds like, it sounds like it sounds like Harford
0: has the uh, still has, and I know you know you guys had a mass exodus of a lot of guys leaving. Okay. You know, you you uh, kind of queued up on that before. Yep. We didn't we didn't really hit on that, but. Um, But it sounds like even with with younger on the job, you guys on the upper echelon are still maintaining a culture that you allow your chiefs to work, you allow your people to work. There's not uh, a micro. I hate using the term micromanaging because it's such a cliche term. But, you know, (laughs) like there's not that um, that managing that we find so often in the fire service today where, you know, um, you have people that are worrying about things that are out of their span of control or or taking it too far too far in their uh you know uh desired responsibility to figure out what's right and wrong and and you allow your people to work
1: that we try very hard i mean it's um i mean just even stories we were, we we're exchanging at lunch i mean right. it, the reality of it is is you know there's there's a lot of things that i would hope and i always tried as a as a company officer to think i should be able to fix this or solve this or whatever right and i would i and convey that message as well i mean obviously the phone's always on you can always get in touch with me and i'd rather have you ask than than you know wing it or whatever but the reality of it is is there's a lot of things at the company level that if you are assertive and pay attention and understand the boundaries and all that you should be able to just take care of stuff on the other end of it if you can't well then let's figure it out and and move forward so it's uh it's a good. It's a good position. I really like I, the group that we have. Yeah. And we have. Uh, everybody has their weak links <laughs> sure. and all that, but the, of but the reality of it is, is you know, when everybody comes to work and it's our regular group and all that, we, we do quite well. Yeah. It's a good group of uh, just, men and women, and and they work hard. And, Listen,
0: if you still go skipping into work every day and you <laughs> yeah. still enjoy your job, right? Things that means that you know, there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys and and, and girls, of course, that are disgruntled are not enjoying their job oh, yeah. have have poor managers and poor chiefs and positions that yep. make them not enjoy going to work every day. So yep. to work in a to work in a industrious city where there's still, you know, fire volume, you're constantly running and you have a command staff that allows your people to work, that's a win. Yeah. That is a huge win. Oh yeah. So that's yep. that's cool. Let's talk about some other things. Um you and I met through uh the Fools, actually, up yeah, in Maine, pretty I much. met you at, uh, at yeah. the New England <laughs> yep. Fools, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> weekend, uh, good good it weekend. was a great, it was a great weekend, <laughs> and, you know, outside of the, it was just a seminar weekend, no hands-on, and uh, we were invited up, uh, and Rob and I took the road trip up the Maine to, yep. uh, you know, check out that weekend, and and uh, I met Rich, and, and we just had some great conversations, and uh might have had a couple pops and i might have sang a little karaoke Um, (laughs) that's a whole might have (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a whole nother story yeah but what what's exciting about that was um meeting rich and the cast of characters that i call dear friends um you know from through training training is very important to you um yeah and and i know that you have a large background in training uh for many many years um whether volunteer or in the career side you said you Ran or were the uh, chief or uh, captain or the tenant of the training academy for training, captain. training, yep. training captain. Yep. So you know, so you're, you have an influence where training has influenced you and you want to pass that on and the importance of that. Yep. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit with your affiliations with the fools networks with your affiliation with on scene. Yep. Um, and then also, maybe the, the discipline of how important training is even on the job.
1: Man, that's loaded. Um, Do you want to take one of the, I mean, I could break that (laughs) down. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about the fools. uh, Maybe just the importance of training. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll start with the fools in the sense that I met, um, I I don't know. I mean, I think that the expression I'll I'll use is it's amazing how small the world is type of thing. But needless to say, there was a thing years and years and years ago, they had FDIC East in New Jersey. I remember that. And I went to a social event. Oh, yeah, we had a big fool's party. I can't remember the name of the place. It was
2: a bar that was closed.
1: That was the second night. (laughs) (laughs) The first night. But needless to say, the first night that we went out to one of these things, was it was at a restaurant. And I met a bunch of guys that I'm like, wow. I mean, a lot of, in a sense, ended up feeling like a kind of like-minded people. And lo and behold... And ended up being guys like Aaron Heller, Bill Hobson, gotcha. Eddie gotcha. not a bad mm. crew to me. Yeah. So, I was part of that. So I met <laughs> a bunch of fair. those guys <laughs> and, and had a good time and yeah. you know, learned uh, at the conference and everything, learned a lot, had a great time and all that. And then a few years down the road, that was where I kind of saw the, the first uh, glimpse of the Fools. Right. And then uh, a little further down the road, I got caught wind of some training events and all that. And I ended up of meeting up with um guys from the new england fools rusty ricker and and his uh his group and another guy dana potter who at the time was uh with southern new england fools, okay kind of a rhode island-based <laughs> right. uh, group and started talking with them and went to some training and did, did a bunch of different things with them and just got friendly and found wow there's a lot of like-minded guys kind of personable uh, personable people that like why haven't we met sooner or yeah. I feel like i've known you a lo- whole you know a whole long time type of thing and uh things just kind of progressed and what i realized was that um kind of didn't have anything like that in connecticut where i was from and uh in 2008 i instigated the whole charter oak fools aspect okay. of things. so i started a chapter in connecticut So what w- year was that 2008 so i started uh that chapter with a bunch of friends and uh but I wouldn't have been able to do it without the influence from all these other guys. They sure. Use them as a resource to sure. do it. Sure. And again, you look at the philosophy of the fools of obviously brotherhood and, and all that. But the big thing is making yourself better, being the best you can be. Absolutely. Uh, with with all of that based on training and 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 all. So that was pretty wild, um, as far as that goes, uh, which has. I mean, it's truly, it's opened doors. It's made me a better person of meeting some of these people and giving me some opportunities. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Fools. And I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, then things kind of went around. I don't know if you'd even say it's full circle. But anyway, I ended up meeting Aaron Heller and Bill Hobson and Artie right. and, right. you know, Aaron's whole clan of uh, of guys that teach for, for on-scene. And... Uh, through the different events that I had been at and different people that I had met through the New England guys and all that, we uh, we in turn ended up uh, that I you know I got a phone call one day from from uh, from Aaron saying, hey, you know, we'd love to have you go to cool you know come travel with us type of sure. thing and and help spread the word and. I mean I just what an incredible opportunity and and all and and the reality uh, you know we joked earlier again at lunch with uh, the whole aspect of if you took that group of guys that yeah you know are all like-minded and everything and gave us a bunch of rigs we'd we'd, we'd kick we one hell, yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we hell of a fire department yeah we would be one hell of a fire department exactly right I mean it's uh it's pretty wild to walk into a room of, of people from all corners of the country and then you're all kind of <laughs> like-minded and the objectives are pretty clear and and the goals are the same and we have fun doing it on top of it and wow.
0: Uh, I I can't, I mean, and I actually prompted you before we even started tonight that that I wanted to talk about this because I think this is a big part of what is missing today more than ever is understanding that there is so much more out there. You know, everybody seems to close themselves off to where they are, where they work, where they volunteer, wherever they ride. And, and that's what they know and they know their people. And yeah, to, like, to like
2: your region, you know, too, like you look at vehicles, they're all exactly the same. It doesn't <laughs> matter what manufacturer makes them. They're yep. all the same because you don't expand your horizons. You're not talking to people from the West Coast and you know, New England and, and wherever. And so you don't know what else is out there. And that's what you know, FDIC was so cool, right. especially you know, 20 years ago where there weren't a lot of the social events, but you get together for a couple of those dinners, and you get like 8, 12 people, and you'd just talk about a fire, and then people would talk about, well, how they would fight it. Right. And it was a little different. You were like, whoa, I never thought of that.
1: Yep. Well, it, I look, I look. I shared, uh, I can't even remember which conference or convention it was, one of the Fools' conventions. Uh, ben Flegel, is a, he's the president of the Fools' International, and Ben's... Uh, uh, up in Alaska, and uh, you know, there was one thing that we were talking about. Everybody with a hot topic was making a 360, and he goes, eh, We don't do them. I said, you know, I'm looking like this guy, yeah, you know, big bushy mustache. Right, right. Mine <laughs> look like a rookie mustache. <laughs> and Ben says, We just don't do them. I said, well, Why don't you do them? He says, You ever try and do one through six feet of snow? Yeah, I said, uh, A little too cold. Point taken. Yep, you do it different than I right. do, right? Yeah, but I'm gonna take what you've got and I'm gonna put that away and remember that because sure. And and the
0: the tactic end is one is one thing. Right. And, and, you know, now more than ever, people have access to the best training, the best instructors, the best people out there that want to share a message and share it correctly. And so now more than ever, people have the ability to access that right through online, social, going to conferences, whatever. I think, though, where I was headed with this a little bit more was the social aspect of it. You know how you how you referred back to you know this this group of characters. If we put them all together, we'd have one hell of a fire department. Yeah. We'd also have one hell of uh, a birthday party, wedding <laughs> celebrations, funerals. They'd be all you over, name. over the top. And, and it's because when you when you surround yourself with people that is that are like minded and similar, it fuels you to want to be better. Like today, you and I spent the day, and Matt. Uh, Paglion was with us today too and the three of us and we got to bop around a little bit and we stopped at a couple different firehouses and so on and we ended up having like an impromptu fantastic day today right? and it's just because it's a couple friends hanging out that enjoy each other's company and then we got to spread some good word and we got to hear some good words and we got to hear different stories and we got to tell some stories at a, at a firehouse or two with some different guys that we've never met before and it's just that's what it's about and too many and too often right now, I think guys are shutting themselves out or they don't wanna go out and explore, or they don't wanna meet new people. And I can't express how, you know, Rich, you and I I mean, I'm I am super fortunate every single day that we that we started this platform because it allows me to meet guys like yourselves yep. and Matt and everybody else that you named tonight and to be able to have you and those guys in my phone that I can call at 24 hours... I mean, but literally, that's what it's about. It is. And you have to be able to teach that and instill that into your new people for them to understand, yes, we got to work and train hard, but there's also a whole other aspect to it. You know, today, when we were down in, in Englewood, they all came out to the apron. Right. The new guy to the senior guy. The captain, chief of the department chief came the down. department, even. Super cool. Yep. Right? And because... It was fun because everybody wanted to be there. It's, it was a good thing. You got to bottle that up. What we're doing here tonight, bottle it up. Yep. Because you want it. I want to take it. I want to spread it on everybody and say, this is what it needs to be like.
3: And so much of that transcends like your individual fire department. It's like the fools you were talking about being regional. And then also national fire radio talking to all these different people. Like we all want to be firefighters. That's why we're here. But you don't have to get stuck in the politics. And you were saying, even when you were, like, the chief's assistant, it's like a gossip channel. Like, the gossip doesn't have to be detrimental. It can actually, like, make things better. And I oh, think yeah. that's really strong.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's I, I mean, it's one thing I, I think it's more of a, I'm probably more of a storyteller than, than I am a smack talker. I love it. You know, I, I don't.
3: Stay that way. Whatever.
1: I'll show you. I'd rather show you than tell you about it you know, type of thing, uh, you know, to kind of go back to how, a lot of the influences I had. And again, I'm no expert by any means. I've been there. I've had the, the difference that I've had versus others is, is the fact that I work in a busy department and I have opportunity. Right. And I have, because I have opportunity, I have experience. And yeah. some of the experiences are outrageous because you had the, right, yeah, the opportunity, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it kind of. Right. It goes round and around. Right. Yep. And it, and it's you know I mean I, I I had charge of a of an MVA with extrication the other day that all stemmed from two cars driving next to each other shooting at each other. Right. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen in the town. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't think it happens. <laughs> but it happened. Right. It was no. one o'clock on a Sunday, and <laughs> right. let's drive right. up Park Street and shoot at each wow. other. You know, and lo and behold, the saddest part of it is, is they hit. An innocent bystander, terrible head on when they went around an island, and we ended up having to extricate him. I mean, right. it was terrible and tragic and and horrid that right. that went on. But but you can't, you know. I mean, it, I'll quote Aaron Heller: You can't make this shit up. <laughs> well, I mean, no, sucks. most of the time you cannot. Yes. The stuff that happens doesn't make sense, and you have to make sense of it, and you have to bring order to it, and you have to bring a positive solution to it. Right. And we do that, you know. That's what a fireman's about, you know. And if you looked at, if you take all the politics aside, and and they want to take your million-dollar ladder truck out of the firehouse, and they want to take your, you know, three-quarter million-dollar engine, and they want to cut your staffing, and they want to do all this stuff, the the political nightmares of, of all the BS that that the fire department en- uh, endures, the reality of it is, is if the the You know, the high and mighty town ruler came in and said, all right, here's a set of 10 speeds and some garden hose. Good luck, boys. We'd make it work. Yep. Because that's what a fireman is about. You make it work. You adapt to what you have, and you bring a positive twist to what you're dealt. And until guys kind of see that, I mean, I mean, that's my opinion, but until you kind of grasp that concept and understand it, you're going to get tangled up in a lot of the B.S., And you're going to let it eat you up and destroy you in the meantime we still have the mission to carry out and you got to carry out the mission that's what we do and uh you know our chief through all the hardship we went with all the retirees that we went through and the the loss of officers and the the endless overtime and all the different things that we were dealt one thing that he did say that that meant a lot to me and and i know others was that you know failure is not an option here we still have to go there's not another fire department in the city that, oh, yeah, we're tired today. We're going to let the other fire department handle it. Right. There isn't another one. Right. We do that. Right. So you know, again, failure is not an option, and and you, you just keep you know put the put the bullshit aside and and, and I them and I think with
0: that though is that's understanding that the mission comes first,
1: right? Oh, by far. But until you get those guys to drink that Kool Aid, yep. it, it it can be and interesting. Yeah, I feel I'll like it's it interesting. It's so
3: easy to get caught up looking at the trees that you don't see the forest kind of thing. It's like, if you're thinking, I need this new piece of apparatus, I need this equipment, I need this guy on my crew. Then it's like, you don't see that if you leave the department, if you get out of Hartford or wherever you're working, like there's so many more people who want to fight fires who don't necessarily wish malice upon people, but like want those opportunities that you're talking about. Absolutely. There's
1: there's that. And, and kind of the flip side of that is you need to get out of your, your 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 barrier your borders or whatever and see what yeah, everybody open else wants that's what we're you talking about you need to open your mind yeah. and realize you know we have our Hartford borders west Hartford on uh, obviously to the west and east Hartford to the east and if you look at those two departments there's one street Prospect Avenue which was my first due district for a bunch of years Prospect Avenue has a lot of big three story wood frame victorian style you know old houses that burn really well and all that so if you look at things of what we have in the city of Hartford, your first alarm assignment brings you 34 firefighters, right? Hi, my, I have a fire, 34 firefighters. Right. Across the street, across the street, from me to you, you call and say, my house is on fire. The y'all come is struck in West Hartford, you're going to get 21. Yep. So we have, right off the hop, we have manpower that a lot of other people don't have around us. And a lot of people don't see that as a privilege. They just yeah. see it as because, oh, that's what it is. Well, go work over there and, and realize yeah. the struggles. And we talked with the guys in Englewood today that are running an oh, eight-man shift. I have right. ten, 10 guys in my firehouse.
3: Right. Yeah. I thought that was a lot when you well, said that earlier. I, I like, have nice. 10. Right. And that's the minimum.
1: Right. Wow. There's more assigned. We have 10. You know, If we're heavy, we detail guys out or whatever in lieu of overtime. But the reality of it is, I mean, they're, they're, they're eight guys. Well, are they eight? Are they better than us? I don't know if they're better, but we're on the same path. But the reality of it is, is they have the same job to do with eight that I have to do with thirty-four. Right. Well, wait a minute. Yep. Oh, you got thirty-four to accomplish that. Huh? Yep. I don't even have a job for you yet. You know, because this is a room and right. contents fire. That's right. Stand just stand here for a minute, where the eight are going to be running around taking care of business. So. And I,
0: and I think you know, in in that conversation, then progressed to you know the ability to. You know when you're running short like that you the expectation of what your job role is and what you have to do i mean the, the talk of two three bottles <laughs> even before right i mean yeah, we yeah. came up with that whole conversation yeah. of you know hey look i went through a bottle gotta go through a rehab you know and yeah. Yeah. meanwhile these guys are like yeah, rehab that, yeah. what the <laughs> hell is that rehab <laughs> is catching a yeah. you know so a a line through the, the window to cool me off you yeah. know like i mean that i mean but it's that mindset so yeah. you know I I agree with you wholeheartedly to get back to where you were, were going is get out and see what else is out there. Right. You know, and that's through making those connections because you will get an appreciation. You know, we get, everybody gets stuck in their, their tunnel vision of where they are and how they yep. operate and what they're accustomed to. And God forbid they get a monkey wrench thrown at them, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we need to be able to adapt to that. And, and understanding that is that is that Kool-Aid. It's the, the fact that the mission comes first and the people come first. And there should never be a discussion other than that. That should be the core mission. Yep. And it's what we have to do to get to that goal.
1: Right. And bringing it back, you get better at completing the mission. Absolutely. By training. Correct. Because, right. you know, if you don't. If you don't look back on what just happened and figure out a better way to do it next time, because well, that went well, but it could go better, we're going to train a little on that, and we're going we're to go down a better road. That's next where time. all those critiques
2: come in, right. which not so many fire departments do anymore. No. Yeah, yeah I was going
3: to say, do you have any like recommendations, it, tips, practices that you use? Is it just sitting around talking about it at the firehouse, or
1: a little bit of everything? Um, we do as a department we do uh, we definitely do a tailboard before everybody leaves you know we'll get a large majority of everybody there i mean it, it, the other is the environment is sure kind of impacts that a little bit but of course. we do our best and, and it happens far more than it doesn't type of thing but do a good tailboard of that if it's a of a significant event we they'll they'll request a like a, a post incident and each company officer or person in charge will, uh, will fill out that, uh, that information and, and all that. And then it gets compiled and then we'll have an official uh, sit down and it's usually coordinated by the training chief and, and all so that, again, if there's be- things that we can do better or that type of thing, uh, you know, we work really hard to find that. And then along with that, you know, something that's developed in our department over the last I don't know, four or five years anyway is a lot of that data or information is tracked, so that if we're seeing trends of this is really, we really suck at this. Or yeah, we're, right. We're really good at this. Right. Well, what widget can we buy to implement to make this happen better because we're, we're missing the mark or, or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I'll poke a little fun at it, but you know, they had a significant brush fire in one of the parks the other night, and we don't have anything for brush equipment. Right. Like, like zero. tanks. You, you, got you got a fog nozzle. <laughs> we have a nozzle <laughs> and hose. <laughs> yeah, right. And you take people that are, I mean, they're totally out of their element yeah. until you get people that have exposure from other places that right. say, hey, try this. You know, right, right. It isn't about getting uh, you know 1,000 gallons a minute out in the woods. It's about getting 15 gallons a minute because we just need a little water to knock the perimeter down right and we'll be good right you know whatever but it's 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 all those different things But you talk about it after the fact because this is gonna happen again yeah I mean, right. i've been to the great Keeney park burn like four times in my career and <laughs> <laughs> it happens i mean it's it's a huge park in the city and has a lot of remote areas and all that and it happens right well okay well let's do it better next time right you know type of things so but it's also we'll though it too it's
0: also being it's also willing to have the conversations you know, we, we're, I'm, I'm seeing more and more that guys shy away from confrontation. Guys are shy, maybe not so much in, a, in, a, in the nitty-gritty of, of you know, uh, traditional, more traditional sense, but take it, to, uh, take it to the volunteer house. Take it to the, you know, a place where you have younger officers who probably aren't so sure of themselves to begin with, and then they, and then they bring it down to, uh, you know, trying, you know, this guy screwed up and we need to correct him, but, man, am I correct in correcting him? Because I'm not so confident myself, right. right? And this, that is an ongoing struggle.
1: Or how can I call out the chief's son?
0: Well, there's or how that can I call out. There's, did sure, there's, there's all of that, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's also the willingness to have true conversations. And uh, I think that's more important than ever, too, is that accountability. Agreed. Yeah. Much agreed. Good. So where are we headed? What's next? You know, I know um, the Fools, <laughs> uh, the Fools, you guys have an event
1: coming up, live burn training. Yep, we're doing, uh, you can look at us through uh, social media, either New England Fools or Charter Oak Fools will get you for, uh, we're doing a weekend in Dayville, Connecticut, November 14th and 15th. Got some uh, very good talent for instructor, uh, instructor pool coming down to do live fire. Be uh, likely be kind of like skill stations on Saturday all day, kind of building up. Yeah. to where uh sunday we'll do live fire and put all those skill stations together nice. to run a bunch of. so it was a good event right you guys ran
0: it last year as well
1: ran it last year it was very successful good. about 36 38 students nice. uh they left tired and dirty and uh and smiling a day. So yeah it was a great day uh, great, great cool. weekend so yeah that's coming up in november and, and what different things like that so what's next for you For me, what's next for me? Yeah, I I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. You are—I know you
0: are. You're working. Let's talk about your new new endeavor, right? The hats
1: on the table. New endeavor. I got, uh, got. uh, I have the privilege of working with Ragtop and uh, Capital City Helmets. Yeah, Fire Helmets out of uh, Connecticut. Uh, Pete Callan, Ashley Shapiro, and uh, two
0: rock star fellows. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two
1: awesome guys and. and they're they're on the move. They're moving their shop uh, probably middle of this month. Yep. Hopefully have it uh, up and running full sk- full speed ahead, and uh, by the first of November, I yep. think yeah, we'll goal. be up there. So looking forward and, to that. Uh, they do everything from selling you something brand new to working on a high eagle and making it look new. And so, what are you everything. doing with ragtop? I am. Uh, they've kind of split the split the group into two organi- two uh, divisions. He's a pretty face. Yeah, I'm the pretty face yeah, the on pretty the. Face. Uh, face no, they split into. Uh,
2: He's out doing publicity. Mm-hmm.
1: They've split into two divisions. So there's Capital City Fire Helmets and uh, and Ragtop. Ragtop is doing a lot of the restoration. So if you have you know a lid that you've been wearing forever and you want to restore it, and make it look new, or need a repair, that type of thing, there's that end of it. And then under Capital City uh, with Ashley is uh, they build a, a retro helmet. It's basically looking like the early 90s. Yeah, it's pretty 5A. wild. Then, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, we change the suspension around if you want, Bork Eye Shields on it, put the stickers in the right space, and uh, make it look like it should be. Traditional yeah, the helmets too, the way which they're, which they're supposed cool. to yeah, look. They actually found uh, they an did. angle to get the old. Yep. yep tets printed uh properly and all that. So and then yeah, they, they also have right. the
0: retro division, which is the whole blackout and yep. so on too, yep. which is just uh really cool. But they're making they're making big moves. Pete's uh Pete and Ashley uh teamed up probably in the last six, eight months and uh Yeah about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh they're making good moves.
1: So I'm I'm excited to work there. It's a great That's group cool. of people, a good uh good grouping. It's like spending a day in a firehouse. You know, you you argue over lunch and uh you know, that type of thing and comparing the last job you had with the others that work there, pretty much everybody that's there has some tie to the firehouse. So it's uh it's pretty neat. And you
0: know what I love about it? You know, we were up there, we shut a podcast up there with Pete in the, in the, uh, in the shop. And then, uh, you know, I've been up there several times since and, uh, and so forth. But the one thing that I love, and I love that you're involved now, um, Pete, Callan called me and said, oh, you know, we're moving this and that. Oh, by the way, guess who's working for us now? Yeah. Oh, Richie Driscoll. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the, I get the, no credit. The no cool, credit. The cool part about <laughs> the whole thing of what they do to me is that they're preserving history and they're preserving the stories. Oh, by far. Right? Yeah. And and I, I think that part of it for for some people that they're like, oh, you get your helmet fixed? Like, dude, what do you... like?" I don't think, we talked about this at lunch a little bit today and, yep. and I was actually shocked. I thought it was more of a Northeast regional thing. And in fact, it's not even close. I mean, there's, there's helmets coming in from everywhere across the country yep. to be refurbed and preserved. And, and I think what's super cool about that for me is the fact that, you know, I know how important my helmets are and I have three that have been retired already. I'm on my fourth helmet already. And you know, my last one I wore for like 20 years and it was like my favorite thing in the world. And uh, Pete said, don't fix it, hang it up. Yeah. We'll get you a new one. Yeah. And, uh, and so I did, and, and I love nothing fits as well as that one did. And that one, you know, I have so many stories to tell. Every time I see that <laughs> helmet, it makes me think of that fire. It makes me think of this story. It makes me think of this. And so for what you guys do is, you know, people that care so much to bring their helmets in to be restored and refurbished, they mean that much that they're willing to spend money to restore them yeah. so that they can continue on wearing yep. that tradition so that they can keep telling those stories. And so I really think that Ragtop and, and Capital City, you guys are stewards of like the history of, of our lids, right? When we retire, we get to take our lid home. That's like the only thing you get, right? Like yeah, that pretty much. A, yeah, pretty much. And so that's the story piece for me. And, uh, and I think what you guys do is just incredible. And I've seen the process up there. It's top shelf. So My he, lid's up there now.
2: Pete Callan, that's a huge <laughs> that's a
0: huge plug, and you yeah. owe me on that one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm glad you're there, and I'm and I love the fact that it's just a bunch of firemen hanging out,
1: yeah. doing fireman doing stuff. Doing fireman yeah. stuff. Yeah, love it. Yep, I love it. Nope, agreed. Very yeah. uh, very excited to be there. I mean, it's I'm um, I'm new. I'm I am new i am i can not take any credit, but it's. Uh, it's it's a neat
0: uh sure, recharge neat aspect as, as well it, though right? right you got guys from jobs all over the place right that work there oh
1: yeah and yeah. so you
0: know I mean it's got to be you're probably uh, you know not not an age thing or anything chief but I got to think you're probably one of the more senior guys in the building at the time so I got to think that these young guys are charging keeping you charged man I love right.
1: it uh, it's good it's good yep. stuff awesome it's really uh really good stuff to be a, you know, again it's a different aspect of the fire service but you know kind of keeps the uh, keeps the dream alive or everyone who uh say it like that I mean it's uh you know, I look back I I I wore the same same lid for uh 25 years when I got promoted I got a new helmet I mean, it took me 25 years to get a new helmet so That's cool. It's hanging on the wall. It's awesome. Now it keeps uh, it shiny and white. Uh, and then my other <laughs> the other one that I wear in a volunteer house was a wedding gift from my wife so cool. I've oh, worn nice. that for a little while too. Um uh, you know again than ever i mean that, that's that's pretty amazing yep. but uh I love it. but uh it's great that they're you know again kind of preserving history in my opinion yep you know, if agreed there's, if there's anybody out there that feels that they're uh <laughs> want to be NFA compliant in that 10 year old helmet that they just i can't have this anymore i would gladly take it off their hands yeah and, sure uh, sure make a pile of them but uh, without a doubt give you a
2: nice plastic helmet for that i'm all set i'm all <laughs> set i got i got i got plenty but uh, but anyway
0: Well, listen, congratulations on a fantastic career. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, I know we could keep going on and on, but uh, it's just been a real honor to have you um, down tonight. Uh, Like I said, this has been a long time coming and uh, I cherish you as a dear friend. And so I look forward to many more years of uh, doing this. And there's always an open door here and love to have you back um, to hear some more of those stories. But uh, you're a character, Chief Driscoll, and I, I love it. I love everything about you. So thanks for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you. Well, this episode yes. was awesome. incredible uh, incredible opportunity to be able to hang out with like-minded people that are spreading a good word. Today and was a good day. A great yeah, exactly. Great Absolutely. great day.
0: Good. Thank you.
1: Heather, thanks for joining us and Ra
0: you're, not, you're, <laughs> you're almost you're talking. Rob yeah. Bailey. He did ask he what, what was like your like
4: first fire. That's sure my thing. mustache.
0: <laughs> but uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, you know, we always have these, uh, incredible guests on and it's just a true pliv- privilege and honor to have, um, you know, uh, you here tonight. And I thank you for that. So, um, thanks for tuning in everybody for the next episode coming up. Hopefully we'll be in our new home, our new studio. Happy
3: so, national podcasting day.
0: And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll check you next time. Be safe. Take care. Cheers. Chief, thank you. That was great. Awesome. Thank you. Good stuff. That was about an hour and or hour and a half.
4: Yeah. Okay. Jeez.